Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. We're launching, like I said, our stories book today. And, and I, I'm so excited about this project uh, because as a church, we're not supposed to just be what is in these four walls. What, what God's doing in our church has to get outside of these four walls. What God's doing around the world is bigger than our four walls, bigger than a denomination, bigger than just one church. It's really about Jesus being lifted up. And uh, Miss Donna prayed it. We were praying this morning. She says when Jesus is lifted up, when he's lifted up, he will draw all men to him. This is not about a club. It's not about us just getting together and, and, and talking about Jesus. Just, it's about us experiencing him in a real way and that getting out. And the stories book captures testimonies of people right here in our body. We've compiled it through Good Catch Publishing, uh, which you'll hear from that in just a minute, in a book. And uh, some of you have already read the book. We've been giving them out. And uh, we've, already, we've, we've just been um, reading these stories. And uh, so you're going to hear more about it today. But when you read this, we're going to distribute this thing all over the city. And we're going to see people come to know Jesus. And the, the founder uh, is here with us this morning. And uh, he's been um, in my life, we were talking for a long, long time. And uh, I knew him when this idea started happening. And uh, he started building this thing. Now they're doing books all over the U.S. They're seeing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people come to know Jesus as a result of testimonies. And uh, we have him here with us to speak to us about the book. So I need you to give a huge Church 1132 welcome to Darren Lindley, the founder of Good Catch Publishing. Praise God, man. I'm loving this place. I think you guys really like Jesus. That is very, very cool. Can I just tell you something? He really, really loves you. He loves you. He knows you, and he loves you. When he looks at you, he doesn't shake his head. He nods his head. He says, you are my heart's desire. That's who Jesus is. And uh, you know what? I, I, I read your book this week. Every morning I'd get up and I'd read a story. I had a fantastic week. Just saying. I mean... I mean, I loved hearing your stories. The gospel is transforming lives. I'll tell you what, that first story, that, that chain, I'm going to use all the names from the book. I don't know the real names, uh, and that's a policy we have anyway. But uh, Shane, that's the, just, he's in an elevator. There's a machete at his throat. I mean, what an incredible start to this book, right? Second story, this poor girl's on the basketball court, and there's a guy screaming, get her off the court. It's her dad, dear God. <laughs> over and over and over through this book, I was so touched as I read these stories and saw that Jesus can come and take brokenness and destruction and wreckage and bring healing and hope. I got to have dinner last night with Jacob and Adeline, which is not their real names, I found out. <laughs> And uh, it, was, it was so, so fun to see Jesus after 13 years, 13 years, their marriage was in the dumpster. Jesus pulls it out, saves them, and they like each other. 
It is a beautiful thing. What a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I'm very excited to be here. I want to jump right into this and share with you a little bit about how we can saturate the Allen area with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. The most relevant message that Church 1132 can share with this city is what Jesus Christ has done in the lives of people at Church 1132. The most relevant message. This is unlike anything as a church you've ever done before. This is not an event. It's an ongoing flood of the gospel that is rolling and surging across this community. These books will be here long after everyone in this room is dead. There will be people born again reading this book after we've all gone to heaven. That's kind of a weird thought, isn't it? More people will be saved reading this book than you can possibly imagine, and many of them will not come to this church because we're about the kingdom. Is that correct? Some are going to go to their grandma's church. Some are going to go to their brother's church, and some aren't going to go to church at all, but we'll see them in heaven. And that is an exciting thought to me. Many, 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 many will come to this church. We're seeing some fantastic things going on. And I'm going to tell you this, they're going to come and they're going to stay because this is a pretty cool church. I mean, if I lived in this town, I would go to this church. Just saying. So uh, I'm so, so excited about this. So let's just jump into this uh, this morning here. Thank you, Jesus. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Gotta say, I dig that scripture. I got a bit of Viking in me, you know. And uh, I gotta say, I love the whole, let's go out and conquer. Let's go take the name. Let's bring the glory of God out into the world. But I guess say, not everybody is quite as excited about this concept. A lot of Christians, they hear that and they go, you're kind of freaking me out, man. I, I'm, I'm nervous. A lot of people, they look at this and they go, dude, uh, I, I would love to share the gospel with somebody, but I'm not exactly sure how you do that. And like, I know there's a prayer in there somewhere, but I'm not sure if I'd get it right. And what if they don't like totally get saved? And a lot of people, they say, you know, bro, I, you know, you're one of those guys that stands up in front of people and talks. I'm not that guy. You know, I get in front of somebody and I, and like my words go away. And an hour later, I'm going, oh, man, why didn't I say this? And why didn't I say that? And, and they just feel awful. The unchurched person frequently feels judged. You just bring up the concept of God. You're not judging them. They just feel judged. You just talk about God Almighty, and they go, can we change the subject, please? I got really drunk the other night. And then 
they feel like they've been put in a socially awkward position. You know, people, I'm sorry, can we just not talk about politics and religion right now? I mean, those are two things we would really, I think politics may have just gone above religion. So, and they, they feel like our message is irrelevant. They feel like, you know, come on, dude, you're so 1950s, leave it to beaver. I mean, this is not like today, you know? And then a lot of times, the problem is this, that when we look at what we're trying to do, we just need to have some equipping. So I'm an evangelist. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.11, God gave these gifts to the church, evangelist, or apostle, prophet. Of course, I'm going to put evangelist first, but apostle, prophet, <laughs> evangelist happened to hit number three. But I did beat pastor, uh, <laughs> pastors and teachers. <laughs> By the way, Jesus was an evangelist. Okay, so, but my, my job my job as an evangelist is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And that equipping involves a tool. You need to have a tool. I'm building a boat right now. You got to have tools. But I just learned something out, learned, found something out as I was working on this boat. You also actually need a little technique because your boat will sink really super fast if you don't have good technique. So you need tool and technique and you are equipped. We have a tool right here. We have a tool, and now I'm going to discuss with you this morning the technique of how it is that we can reach our city. So what we have done is we have created an evangelism engine. When I say evangelism engine, I mean you put the key in the switch, you turn it on, and the thing runs. And while this machine is running, it's doing evangelism, okay? It runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It demonstrates the relevance of the gospel, and it leaves people feeling valued and loved. That's what this engine does. This is Emily. So what book did you read? I read Beautifully Wrecked. So tell me about that. How did you get it? I started spending time with a friend and she wanted to bring Jesus into my life and I completely rejected and respectfully, of course. And she said that her daughter had been reading a book and was saying how awesome the book was and how amazing these people, how their lives were just so beautifully wrecked and how they came to know Jesus and how their lives were drastically changed. And I read one testimony and put it away for a couple of weeks and then one night I decided to open the book back up and I read the entire rest of the book that night and I couldn't get enough of it and those stories, the testimonies inspired me that after having such a wrecked life, that my life could become beautiful with the love of Jesus. I was baptized on January 13th, and I am so happy to say that I have six months clean and sober, and I can't get enough of Jesus. <laughs> Forgive the quality of the video, the technical quality. This is what I call wild game footage. and. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, sometimes you catch real life and, you, and that's all you got is that moment. We don't get to bring people into studios. So, uh, but this young lady, very, very broken. She's never, uh, I've not gotten permission to share the, the story behind her brokenness. But I'll just tell you what, she, she was like a lot of people in our book. And, uh, and Jesus touched her heart. She's born again. She's changed. She's touching people's lives for Jesus now. 
And uh, God is doing something great. Now I want you to meet a dad whose son was restored. Well, our son got involved with drugs and alcohol and has become addicted to all kinds of things. And we've actually been sharing with our banker. They brought over a book for us to read, Hidden in the Shadows. And uh, in less than 48 hours, four people have read the book. And... Jesus. And uh, our son, he has been raised in church, lost hope, lost everything, and read the book and said it's the first time in a long time that he had hope for his future. It's awesome. Amen. And so what's he planning on doing? He starts Dream Center on the 8th. Yeah, come on, Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I want you to notice something. In Emily's story, she talks about this, uh, this girl who read the book. The girl gave the book to her mother. Her mother read the book. And the mother gave the book to Emily. By the way, Emily lives in Portland, Oregon. And that book was published in, in San Diego, California. Somehow it got from San Diego to Portland. And uh, Jesus did some crazy thing. And this gal as uh, born again. But you'll notice it was read three times in the, that we know of in that first section right there, okay? In this video, the gentleman mentions that the book was read four times in the first 48 hours. Recently was visiting uh, with one of my guys and he was telling a story about a lady who was on the worship team at a church in Oklahoma City. And uh, she goes to the dentist and uh, uh, the dentist asks why she's getting her dental work done, she goes, well, I, I'm on the worship team at my church, and I want to look a little nicer. And uh, she goes, okay, that's cool. What church do you go? She goes, well, I go to the gate church. And this guy goes, the gate church? Oh, wow. The assistant goes, oh, that's amazing. My friend got that book in the mail. And she read the book, and then she gave it to me. And I read that book, and now the dentist is reading the book. And for the last eight weeks, uh, that dentist has been attending the gate church. In, uh, in Oklahoma City. So that's kind of exciting stuff. We see this over and over and over. In fact, we see on average, anecdotally, we can prove that it's three times in the first year we see these books read. Uh, so it's, it's a tremendous read rate in these things. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now, I used to do a lot of youth ministry. I've spoken at more than 250 weeks of summer youth camps. That's not spring retreats, winter retreats, or fall retreats. That's just summer youth camps. And uh, so I used to preach this kind of like this. Kingdom of heaven is like treasure in the field, dude. <laughs> Jesus is in the field. Got to get him out of the field, baby. What's it going to take? I'll tell you what. You're going to have to sell out get radical. Buy the field. You buy the field, you get Jesus out of the field. Then <laughs> one day I'm looking at this thing, I wait, 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 wait. It didn't say king, it said kingdom. Oh, oh, a kingdom and a king are actually two different things. The kingdom is the king's dominion, the place where the king rules, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Well, can I just tell you something? The scripture says this, nor will people say here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is within you. Where does Jesus want to live? Ask any five-year-old. They're going to tell you, in my heart. 
Isn't that right? That's where Jesus wants to live, is within you. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Oh, by the way, you, my friend, are like a treasure. But how does treasure get into a field? Most people don't store treasures in fields. They put them in treasure chests, vaults, showcases, right? You don't put treasures in fields. I'll tell you why. Because they were not viewed as treasure. I guarantee you, Jacob did not view himself as treasure when he was separated from his wife, broken up and divorced for 13 years. His wife did not feel like she was a treasure when her husband's sitting in a topless bar asking her to come down and hang out with him. Michelle did not feel like a treasure when she's looking at this stupid dragon and it is not giving her any answers. As she's praying and asking God to somehow make himself real to her and the dragon is deaf. Shane felt utterly abandoned as he's in the elevator and he's going, whoa, we got a serious problem here. Over and over and over, people throughout life, not just in this book, but everywhere in society, feel discarded. They feel like they've been thrown out into the field. They are nothing but refuse. But I've got good news for you. One man's trash is another man's treasure. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had. The scripture says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. Now question is this. How long did Jesus not know sin? Eternity passed. Then one day he goes to the cross. And he takes my sin, and you helped. He took your sin, and he took the sin of the whole world upon himself. Isn't that right? He took the sin of the whole world upon himself. And from that day forward, here's a radical thought. God knew sin. Didn't have to sin to do it, but he knew it. He understands the weight, the pain, the shame. The desire to put a gun to your head. The desire to crawl inside of a liquor bottle. The desire for that one more uh, 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 drug intake of meth. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. And you know what? He sold all he had and he bought that field. He didn't buy a portion of the field. He bought the whole field. Isn't that right? He bought the whole field, and now Jesus is going back through the field, and he's saying this, hey, I own you. May I have you? May I heal you? May I mend you? May I bring you back to the burnish and shine that you really are? Can I show the world just how precious I made you? That's what Jesus is desiring to do. So let's go into the world. There's a lot of people out there waiting to to be found. So every single thing about this book is strategic. We've been doing this for 14 years. This is, I think, our 210th book that we've written. And uh, every single one of these books, we very carefully study and consider. I studied this book. I didn't just read it. I studied it as I was uh, uh, getting ready for this lunch. And so everything is strategic. Cover art, it's not religious because non-religious people don't read books with praying hands on them. Thank you for not putting a double entendre on the cover. When heaven shakes the earth. You know, I mean, sorry. I mean, I, I think Jesus wants to shake the earth, but the last person says, religion, you know? The subtitle, real stories, real people, Allen, Texas. Perfect. Locality sells. People are interested in here. They want to know who's around them. 
The thickness of the book is strategic. I know it sounds silly, but it better not be too thick. And it can't be too thin or it gets thrown away. It's not a book anymore. It's a pamphlet. Seven stories. Seven's the number of completion. You cannot rationally disregard seven testimonies. It's rationally impossible. The $14.95 price tag, by the way, nobody pays that. It's on there for one reason. Those teeny tiny numbers are there to establish value in the mind of the receiver. If you hand somebody a book that doesn't have an ISBN, and by the way, that ISBN number is fake. It actually says John 3.16 in digital code. <laughs> Little inside joke. But if it doesn't have an ISBN number and a price tag, it ain't worth nothing in the mind of the person out there, okay? So I've given many of these to waitresses in restaurants, and this is the first thing that happens. They go, really? That's the first thing they do. And then the second thing is, do I owe you anything? No, I just gave you 15 bucks because I'm a super nice guy. And uh, it's kind of fun. So now a church of 1,000 might do 1,000 hours per month of outreach if everybody in here spends an hour in spiritual conversation with a non-church attending person once a month. If every one of every single person, including the children, at church 1132 do that, then we got 1,000 hours per month of outreach. Now you guys are a little more on the aggressive side. Good job, leaders. But um, I got to tell you, uh, that's, a, that's a tall task, actually. Okay, so, so, but one book, if it's read three times in the first year, three reads times five hours is 15 hours, okay? That's just what one book does, okay? A church of 1,000 could have easily 15,000 hours, but get a hold of this, every month, <laughs> 15,000 hours a month of super high quality, never stuttered, Never got off topic, never got interrupted, always made your point, always declared the gospel quite accurately every month. That's what we could do, say, a thousand people sponsor books. So you say, well, how does this thing work, Darren? Well, what we're going to do this morning, in a little while, Pastor Dustin's going to talk to you. And people are going to sponsor books. They're going to become a monthly sponsor. And so they sponsor five books a month or ten books a month or whatever number they want to sponsor a month. And we add it all up. If that adds up to a thousand then we can easily project 15,000 hours every month of evangelism. That's called, that's called leverage. That's what tools do for you. Isn't that right? Tools give you leverage. And so suddenly you're no longer doing it manually for 1,000 hours a month. Now we got a lever, and we're getting 15,000 hours a month. So how do we do it? We do it via direct mail, and we buy every address, not just in this zip code, but as many addresses as we need to buy. And we buy them. We don't mail books to vacant lots. The first month, <clears throat> send the book out. It comes to this guy's mailbox, opens up his mailbox, pulls it out. Cool, dude. $15 book free. I like it very much. Reads the back cover text. He's kind of like, wow, this looks kind of awesome. But I don't have time to read it right now. So he drops it on the coffee table. So the next month, we send him a postcard. Oh, yeah, that's that book. I've been meaning to read that. Sitting on the coffee table. Read the book. Meets people. Oh, yeah, cool. And he just picks up the book. It reminds him. Picks up the book. Starts to read the book. He says to his wife, baby, there's a church in this town. It's kind of crazy. It's that one down there on the corner. So that big 1132, I don't ever quite figured out what a church 1132 was, but you know, I've heard of first bank, second bank, third bank, but I've never heard of church 1132. That's like a lot of them. But uh, 
But uh, there's some cool stuff going on in that church. Next month, I sent him another postcard. Now, the first postcard did this. It reminded him, hey, buddy, you got the book. Don't forget to read it. The second postcard, exactly the same, serves a very different purpose. It's to remind him, you have read the book. Oh, I read that book. Have you ever had somebody walk into your office, Pastor Dustin, you had a book sitting on the table, and you go, oh, dude, you got to read that book. Have you ever done that? You done that? Of course you have. Because you saw the cover art of the book, and what did it do? It reminded you of what was in the book. That's what that cover art does. It replays that book in his mind. And all of those emotions, that, that energy and that thought, it surges to the surface. And he's going, oh, wow, that's, that, was, that was so amazing. And he says, honey, you know what? We need to go to church sometime. Oh, there's a problem with that word sometime. There's no expiration date on the word sometime. Isn't that right? Someday never comes. Isn't that right? If you're old enough to remember that one. <clears throat> so the next month, we send him another postcard. And he looks at the postcard. And he turns it over, and he sees a map to the church. He sees service times. He sees a website. He sees an address to enter into his GPS. He's got a phone number to ask questions. He has all the information he needs to make a decision, and he feels very much in control. Remember in Emily's video? She says, I got the book. I took it home. I read a story, and then I set it down for two weeks. That's actually a very powerful statement. She demonstrated that she was in control. Most people, when they have the gospel presented to them, they tend to feel a little bit harassed, right? They do not feel in control. They feel like you're in control because you're trying to bring the gospel to them, right? She then picks the book back up, and she spends the rest of that evening in that book, and she wants a lot of Jesus at the end of that. Isn't that right? He says to his wife, baby, what do you say we go to church this Sunday? Now that, my friends, is called a decision and that's what we're seeking to precipitate. We want people to make a decision. So over the course of four months, they get a book, a postcard, a postcard, a postcard. Here's another way of looking at it. In March, we send out 1,000 books to 1,000 different homes. Boom. That's assuming that we had 1,000 books sponsored, okay? Then the next month, there's the 1,000 books that we sent out in March, and we're going to send out 1,000 more books. Then we're going to send 1,000 postcards to the March homes. Then in May... There's the 2,000 books that we sent out in March and April. There's 1,000 more books. And we sent out 2,000 postcards, 1,000 to the March homes, and 1,000 to the April homes. Then in June, we've got the 3,000 books. We're sending out 1,000 more. We're now going to send out 3,000 postcards, 1,000 uh, postcards to the March homes, 1,000 postcards to the April homes, and 1,000 postcards to the May homes. Then in July, we've got 4,000 books on the ground now, and we're sending out the 5,000th uh, set <laughs> of books. And uh, then we're sending out 3,000 more postcards. Now, we stopped sending them to the March homes at this point because at some point you do become a stalker. So, you know, you got to kind of work with that. So we send uh, postcards to the April homes, the May homes, and the June homes for 3,000 postcards. So that by the end of 24 months, 24,000 homes and 72,000 people will have received 96,000 touches from Church 1132. Is that kind of cool? I mean, I, I dig it. So, then each month, your church is going to receive an email. And, these, and, and talk to Pastor Dustin about this, Pastor Ryan. And they're going to forward this email to you guys. And this is what it is. It's a Google map. Now, this is illustrative. It's not your map because we don't have any, haven't sent any books out yet. But this is from Portland. This is only 200 books on this map, okay? So... <clears throat> 
first month, boom, you can see there's exactly, and you'll be able to see this on your, uh, on your phone. You open this email, boom. If you hit the center button, you can see where you are on that map. Okay, that's super important. The next month, we're going to send it out again and again and again and again and again until you're seeing, wow, we are truly covering Alan with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you mouse over those pins on your computer, you can actually see the address on there. This is super important part of the tool because what we are hoping is that this will energize prayer in your hearts. That you will have a tool now to pray over your city like you have never prayed before. Because you know that in that house is one of our books. That changes the way I pray, people. I'm sorry. And oh, by the way, your best friend lives right there. You know we got a book. Spiritual conversation is now uber easy to start. All you have to do is say, hey, did you get that book in the mail? What did you think about that gangster dude? <clears throat> Was that intense? I mean, he opens up the door of the car and falls out of the tree in the car wreck. That was a crazy scene. So spiritual conversation, super easy. Suddenly he can say, hey, you want to meet that guy? We're going to be having a breakfast this Saturday. You can come. Hey, this Sunday he'll be at church. I can introduce you to this guy. What a cool segue into spiritual conversation and actually inviting people to church. Okay? So here's what you get every month. Number one, you get a book. You don't actually get the book. It gets sent out for you into the city. Number two, you get the labor, the postage, the postcard, three postcard follow-up. By the way, I don't know if you've mailed a book lately. It ain't cheap. Just happened to be an expert on that subject. And <clears throat> the prayer and the progress report, the Google map uh, thing. So what's it going to take to reach Alan? Well, if we had uh, eight people who sponsored 25 books a month, that would produce 200 books on the ground. If 50 people sponsored 10 books a month, that would put 500 on the ground. If 50 people sponsored five books, on, that would put nine, uh, 250. So there, right there, you see a total of 950. We're almost to 1,000, okay? Maybe you're saying, well, I can't do anything. Well, there's a spot for you too, and that is important, and it's helpful when you can do that. But notice where the heavy lifting occurs, and we want to encourage you to get involved uh, at whatever level that you can get involved. Now, the average Christian feels intimidated to share the gospel. Does this seem very intimidating to you? Is this scary? Anybody freaked out? I don't think so. Are you theologically confused? You might still be, but we're not. <laughs> We've ironed that one out. Maybe you freeze up. These books never freeze up. They just keep on sharing the gospel. The lost don't feel judged. They're going, whoa, you know, I could definitely go to that church. <laughs> I might be better than them. So they feel accepted. They don't feel put in a socially awkward position. They feel like they've been cared for. You just gave them a $15 book and put all the decision-making power in their lap, and they feel like the gospel is utterly relevant. Children are getting their daddies back. People are no longer suicidal. People are no longer addicted and bound and broken and hurting. Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation? I dig that. Now I want you to meet a man. He went out into the, into the woods. He was going to take his life. Took his 357 Magnum, put the gun to his head, pulled the trigger. Click. Didn't go off. Pulled the trigger again. Click. Didn't go off again. Four more times. Click, 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 click. He looks at the gun. It never failed him before. Points it at the ground. Pulls the trigger. Kaboom! 
he falls to his knees. And he prays and asks Jesus Christ to come into his life. That was in uh, a book we didn't. Kami Idaho. Take a listen as we meet John. I'm John Swearingen. Our pastor's wife called me down to the church one day and into the bottom of the church where we were talking. And she uh, had a lady there that asked me uh, to see me. And so I uh, talked to her and she put her arms around me and said that she was glad to meet me, that my story in the book had saved her life. And she just cried and cried. It was uh, something that was very moving to me. Uh, I was just glad that uh, I was available to talk to her. You know, I want to know this question. How many more people are in Ellen this morning are contemplating ending it all? Pastor Dessa, would you come and share your vision for reaching the city? Awesome. It's awesome. This is exciting. Just uh, everything that Darren has shared today, I'm so excited about it uh, because as a pastor, uh, we've researched and we've tried things and, and, and you're, you're always trying to do something to try to let the city know that there's hope. And before we get into this, and today, I mean, this is, it's all about the launch of this book, and, and you might be here, and, and uh, you came, and maybe it's your first time, maybe you've just been coming, you say, I don't really care about the book, um, I'm in my own mess. And I just want to speak to you for a second because we have a commitment as a church that whenever you come in these doors, that we're going to minister to you. Good job. And, and we're, we're praying, and our hope is, is that when God ministers to you, you minister to someone else in turn. But I just want you to see one thing on this book is right here, it, it, we, we have this little, uh, almost like a heart monitor that has a little blip on it. And uh, the, the, the subtitle of the book is Too Far Gone. And we're praying about this book that was really strategic because we really have experienced in our own lives and we really believe this is that you're never too far gone. That no matter what you're going through, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've experienced, God sees you and God loves you. And I think that sometimes we can feel like in life there's some things that have flatlined. And I just want to speak to you for a moment. And we're going to go back to the book, and I'm praying that we'll sponsor this book, and, and you'll put your own resources behind this uh, evangelistic approach to reach our city. But I want to speak to you personally, just for a second. I want you to know this. I want you to hear me clearly. You're not too far gone. And no area of your life is too far gone. Today, God set it up for you to be here. He arranged it for you to walk in the doors and to sit in the seat and to park in the parking lot and come in here and hear this. And you're thinking, well, man, it'd be nice if my life was in a place where I could minister to other people. But I'm a mess. And I just want to speak to you. We all are a mess. We all need a Savior. We all need hope. We all have flatlined in some area of our life. But thank God for Jesus that there still is hope, that there still is a way, that there still is an option. And if you've read this book at all, you find people that are just like me and just like you that needed intervention in some way, shape, or form. And I'm so grateful in my life that Jesus found me. I'm so grateful that I was never too far gone. I'm so grateful that I was never without an option or without a chance. But he, he met me, just like he met so many of you. 
And so when I hear this, I'm so excited about all the people we're going to reach. But I know they're right in these walls and watching online. we got people that need reaching right now. And I just want you to know there's this passage in the Old Testament. There's this story, and it's kind of a cryptic story, but Hagar is a lady in the Bible, and she's at the end of her robe. She runs. She's being persecuted, and she's really laying down to die. And it says that God reveals himself to her as the God who sees. Throughout the Old Testament, God would always reveal something about his character when he revealed himself to someone. And when he reveals himself to Hagar, it wasn't just God. It was the God who sees. And I just want you to know God sees you. It's so simple. God sees you. You might be living for Jesus. You might love Jesus. But some area of your life is just flat line. And I just want you to know he sees you. He sees you right where you are. Right in that moment. Right in that place. And today as we launch this book. And, and uh, Darren will walk you through in just a moment. This card. Each of you have one of these on your seat. If you could grab it. That would be awesome. And just, just hold it there. Because we're going to pray in a minute. We're going to ask the Lord what we can do. And, and, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you. I would like for every person in our church. If you could sponsor just one book. I mean, if you can just do one. There's price breaks as you sponsor more. So if you could do more, that'd be great. You can sponsor 10 books for $75 a month. Some of you, that's not even, you don't even think about that. I mean, that, that is like... That, that is like half of a dinner for you a month. And, and you, you could just sponsor 10 books. And every month, those books are going to be sent out in the city. You don't have to do any work. It's all going to be done for you through Good Catch Publishing. And so I just want you to hold that and just think about it for a second. The Bible says this. I love this scripture. It's in Revelation. It says, we overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. So what we're going to do as a church is we're going to spread this testimony to every home, to every doctor's office, to every dentist's office, to anywhere that we can. We are going to release the testimony and not just can testimonies, your testimonies. These people right here in our own church that Jesus found and Jesus ministered to and we're going to spread that testimony to help set other people free. So I want you to just ask the Lord what you could do. Jamie and I are already, provide, are already uh, making a way and, and, and planning to sponsor books. We, we believe in this. We're getting behind this. This is evangelism that happens well after you have even stopped thinking about it. It just continues just to minister. It continues just to reach. My heart for the city is that everyone, not just for Church 1132, for the city is that everyone would just have a chance at their heart starting to beat again. That wherever they flatlined, that they would just have the opportunity to just read a story that, and know that they're not alone. That they're not by themselves. That there is a God that sees them, just like he saw you and just like he saw me. And so I just want you to grab that. Don't throw it. Just grab it. Grab it and just hold it in your hands. And would you just bow your heads just for a moment? And I just want you just in prayer, just for a second, just to ask the Lord what you could do. Lord, we come before you and God, we need you today. Lord, some of us, we're going to sponsor books, but in our own heart, Lord, we need an area, we have an area where we flatline. 
So I speak to every flatlined area in the name of Jesus. And I tell those hearts to beat again. I tell those dreams to beat again. I speak to those marriages and I say beat again. I speak to our love for Jesus and I say beat again. In the name of Jesus, let there be a resurrection even this morning. Lord, of flatlined areas. Lord, and I pray specifically just for each of us as we're deciding what is in our heart to do. Lord, I pray you'd give us the courage. I pray that you give us the strength. Lord, I pray that you give us the ability, Lord, to take personal responsibility for reaching our city. God, it's not, the, it's not just the church's job. It's just not the staff's job, the leader's Lord, it's our job to reach our city. So speak to us right now. And now while you're sitting there, would you just ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Lord, we just put this into your hands. Lord, this church has proven that we're generous. This church has proven that we're obedient. So, Lord, speak to each and every one of us right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, make a way where there seems to be no way. For those of us who have been radically saved, let us give radically so others might enjoy that same freedom, that same life in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.